Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Weekly Wholesome Words. We're going to continue on this week dealing with the issue of the body of Christ. And what we recognized last week was simply the fact that the body of Christ that expression is not solely picked by God to describe the difference between God's time past dealings with the nation of Israel to his but now dealings with the church, the body of Christ. It's not an expression employed to describe difference between the nation of Israel and what God's doing today. Even though that is true and right, and ought to be understood that way, that is not solely the reason why God wants us to look at the issue of the body of Christ and why he's calling it that way. And last time we looked at briefly the preceding context of Romans chapter 12. Again, up until this point in the book of Romans, Paul has set forth a justification unto eternal life. He set forth sanctification unto functional life, how to get that functional life operating in the details of your life by walking after the Spirit. He's attached all that to our purpose of delivering the creature from the bondage of corruption and the goal, aims, and objectives that we are going to participate in in this life have eternal value and profitability in regards to the life that is to come with that creature and we're going to deliver it from the bondage of corruption and therefore that is part of our hope and Romans 9 10 11 set forth that our participation in what God's doing today is not the fulfillment of Israel's program but rather is a part of the mystery that blindness in part has happened to Israel and that we should not be ignorant of lest we be wise our own conceits. And in light of that, all of that comes to a head in Romans chapter 12, as we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service, because that presenting our bodies that way is the very three-fold thing that God has provided us to be able to do. And as he's provided us uh, to be able to do it, it is therefore reasonable, and it's going, it is in that fashion and manner in which we're going to serve him. And as he commences our godly edification, and he begins to educate us in godliness, he tells us that the world is going to attempt to, and as by nature the course of the world is going to conform us to it, and that this education and the service that we're going to participate in is going to transform us by the renewing of our mind because the world has already done a work in our mind and as he commences the godly edification and the education in which we're going to participate in that's going to going to renew our minds he starts here in romans 12 verse 3 for i say through the grace given unto me to every man is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And there's the thinking component of godliness. He uses the word three times there. And he says not to think more highly than 
he ought to think, but to think soberly. Under the influence of the Spirit, as the Spirit's leading us through this information, we are to think in a sober manner. And that sobriety is in accord as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. That is, every believer, God has given the responsibility to participate in his business. He's, he's given us a job. And as he has provided us that job, that measure of faith is that responsibility. He doesn't have to be looking over our shoulder, as it were. But rather, he can provide to us the, 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 the measure of faith that we're going to get the job done. And we're going to participate and do what he wants to get done. And he's dealt to every believer, that's the context, every man, the measure of faith. Everyone has that. I don't just have that and you don't, or you don't have that uh, and I don't. We, we all have that. And that takes down the high-minded thinking that you are or I am something significant in comparison to myself or yourself or someone else. We're all, we all have the measure of faith. And in light of that, he now moves on to verse 4 in regards to the uh, behavioral and conduct component of godliness. He brings up the body concept. For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. And here he brings up first, in verse 4, the issue of a physical body. And he draws out the comparison. And you have the as so, as verse 4, so verse 5. For as we have many members in one body. So he's drawing the the, the physical comparison of our body to what we all have in regards to every man has received the measure of faith. And that's just like our body. Our body has many members, but each member of our body, our physical body, has a job to do, has a role, has some function to it. And God structured and tempered the body that way. And that all members have not the same office. And I love the word office there because that tells you a position to serve. And so, as all members have not the same office, they therefore have different roles and different jobs. They all have a job, they all have a role, they all have responsibility, but they don't all have the same office. And then, so there's a difference as well. And there's a reason for that. And creative genius design in that. And then he brings the comparison home, verse 5. So we, those that have received the measure of faith, the believers, being many, and there's, there's many of us, he says, are one body in Christ. We've all been baptized into Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And therefore, we are members of his body. And, and we have been dealt the measure of faith. And we're one body in Christ. However, he says, and every one, 
members one of another. And verse 4 and 5, in introducing the body of Christ concept, is first and foremost dealing with it in regards to our functionality between one of one another. It's not solely signifying the difference between the nation of Israel and who we are today in the dispensation of grace, for it latently does that as you go from Romans 8 to Romans 12 here. But in its context in which it's sitting, in its immediate context, it's dealing with the life of the body and the offices that every member of the body has and how we function one with another. And that's important because our physical body has it, the members of our physical body function one with another on a daily basis, even while we sleep. And it's all working together. And that body type thinking is supposed to be resident within our minds and we are to naturally, therefore, function in accordance with being one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Now I want to spend a little time in the time that we're remaining looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and see that Paul has to deal with this again with the Corinthians. Paul dealt with the Corinthians in, in light of the Romans doctrine in other words, even though Romans wasn't written yet, he still provided the Romans doctrine, uh, kind of doctrine to them in regards to the body type thinking. But things weren't uh, proper. Things weren't um, what they were supposed to be in the minds of the Corinthians and how they functioned with one another. And therefore, in chapter 12, he deals with this issue. And he says here in Romans 12, verse um, let's pick it up here in verse 12. He says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. And then he says, For the body is not one member, but many. It's one body, but it's all not one member. There's many members in one body. And if we we're all one member, then where would be the body? He's going to say that later on. He says, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, well, say because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And if you look closely at what he's bringing out, he's not only bringing out a, a certain member of our physical body, but he also begins to bring out the function of that member of the body. If, if, um, and if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Uh, if the eye 
um, if the the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So he brings out a member of the body, and he also brings out the functionalities of some of those members. And, and the, the whole issue that he's trying to get them to see is that you all don't have to be the same. You're, you're one body, and, and you're one body because you've been baptized into Christ's body. And you've all been made to drink into one spirit. But your positions, your role, are is different. Your responsibility is different. And the functionality of those offices are different, just like your body. And there's, there's necessary purpose in that. Just like in your body. If your whole body was an eye, well, your body's now lacking. And therefore, it's going to lack in functionality. But rather... There's the eye and the toes and the fingers and the and the nose and the, the the ears and the mouth and the lips and the tongue and the teeth and there's all these different members of the body that make up the body. And that one member of the body should never think there's no use for it for him, for them, for it. But rather there is use. In every member of the body. And whatever role and responsibility that we choose. In the local assembly. There's use. Verse 18. But now hath God set the members every one of them. In the body. As it hath pleased them. Verse 19. And if they were all one member. Where were the body? But now are they many members. Yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And what you begin to see when, when in verse 21, when he changes to these members of the body interacting with each other, and you see the living functionality going on here, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. That not only is there use for every member, but based upon one member of the body recognizing the use of another member of the body, and that there is use, and there is need, there is a necessity, and because there's a necessity to function with one another, that each member of the body is going to begin to cooperate with one another. And then he says, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And, and he goes on. And then we get down to verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncommonly parts have more abundant comeliness. And, and there's going to be a service going on with the less honorable to the and uncomely from the comely and, and so on. And eventually you deal with the welfare of the members of the body. Because if there's use, if there's a necessity there, and, and you're going to cooperate to get what you need to get done, then you're going to seek the welfare and benefit and profit of the other members of the body. Because it also helps you. And I just bring this all up, folks, because that's what 
that's the first way in which we are really to think about the body of Christ is in regards to the living union relationship that we have with every other member of our body, every other believer in the local assembly, and their offices that they are to choose and to choose to function in. And what we'll do next week is tie that into the creature back in Romans chapter 8. Well, again, this is just a brief look into being able to see a little bit more about how we are to first and foremost think about the body of Christ and that we are one body in Christ and there are many members in that one body and see how that correlates with the living union relationship we have therefore with one another and how we are to edify one another for the purpose of functioning to one another and get the operations of God done together as one body. Well, we'll look at this more next week. But until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.